Dear congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, October 31, 1517. I think that's a well-known date for all of us. Martin Luther nailed his 95 Theses to the door of All Saints Church in Wittenberg, Germany. Tomorrow, it will be 505 years ago, Lord willing. And when, when we think about the Reformation, don't we often think about those five solas? The five solas of the Reformation. We all remember these doctrines of the Reformation by these five solas. And when we think about the five solas, we think also of that day when Luther stood there before the Diet of Worms. And he said those, those famous words that his conscience was bound to the Word of God. And that he could, therefore, do nothing else but stand with the Word of God. And there we have the first sola. And if we think about the solas, we could think about them as a building. Picture it for a moment, children. There is a foundation of that building. And it has three pillars, and it has a roof. The foundation is sola scriptura, which means scripture alone. Everything we teach must be based on scripture alone. And then we have these three pillars on that building holding up the roof. Which are they? Do you remember, children? Sola gratia. When we are saved, we are saved by sovereign grace alone. It's God's grace, nothing that we merit, nothing that we can add to salvation. It's through grace alone. The second pillar is sola fide. We are saved by faith alone. We trust not in our good works. We trust not in what, as the Roman Catholics said, the church or the sacraments can do. No, we trust by faith in Jesus Christ. And faith justifies us. Sola gratia, first pillar. Second pillar, sola fide and solos Christus. The Roman Catholic Church was teaching that we could be saved by Mary and other saints. But we, we believe that it is only through Jesus Christ and His finished work that you and I can be saved. Those are the Reformation doctrines. Now, what is the roof, children? Soli Deo Gloria. When God saves someone, He always does it only for His glory. Not to make much of us, but to make much of Himself and His glory. And so, as we come this morning to the house of God, we want to think about Soli Deo Gloria a little bit. And that in a form of a prayer. 
a very well-known petition that you and I all know, the prayer that the Lord Jesus taught us to pray. It should be our desire this morning that in our lives and in this world there would be something seen of the glory of God, soli Deo Gloria. And the Lord Jesus Christ, when he taught his disciples to pray and they felt they needed to learn to, to pray, they asked him, teach us to pray, he first taught them to address our Father. And then the first thing he said was, hallowed be thy name. You see how important that is? Soli Deo Gloria, linked to hallowed be thy name. That's the first thing that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. We are going to see what that means, those words. But it's also the last thing they needed to, to say as they prayed. For thine is the kingdom, for thine is the glory, for thine is the power and the glory. You see... When we pray, those are the things that we have to begin with, the glory of God, and end with the glory of God. And so we would like, with the Lord's help, think about this as a Reformation prayer. And we will, as, we, as we go through this prayer and through the sermon, you will you understand why. Hallowed be thy name. What does it mean? These words, hallowed be thy name. And why is it hallowed be thy name? Also, hallowed, is that the same as glorified? Or is that different? Or let's bring it a little more personal to all of us, this petition that the Lord Jesus taught us to pray. What does that mean for you and me when we say in prayer, hallowed be thy name? What are we really praying for when we pray this? We are actually praying for for a reformation, as we hope to see. Why does the Lord Jesus want us to begin with it and also end with it? Well, that shows something of the importance that God shows this is first and foremost. This is the beginning and the end. So with these questions, we would like to explore our text in Matthew 6, verse 9b, hallowed be thy name, under the theme, Reformation Prayer. Hallowed be thy name, and we have three thoughts. Hallowed be thy name through knowing him properly. We consider especially these words one by one, hallowed be thy name. And also, through praising his works, secondly, we will see how God hallows his own name through what he does. And then thirdly, through living for his glory. We consider how this petition comes very close to each one and each one of our lives this morning. So let's listen then, first of all, hallowed be thy name through knowing God. Hallowed be thy name. What does this word hallowed mean, children? And how does that relate to God's glory? 
This word hallowed comes from to make holy, to sanctify, to set apart. In other words, when we pray that the Lord, Lord's name would be hallowed, hallowed, we are saying, let the name of the Lord be regarded as holy. This is the first thing the Lord Jesus wants us to pray for. And God takes his name very, very seriously. And that it would be hallowed, he takes that very, very seriously. Children, do you remember that story of Nadab and Abihu? What did they do? They were the sons of Aaron and they were called to do exactly as the Lord had prescribed. They were called to worship the Lord in the way the Lord prescribed them. So they had this censer, which was a picture of the prayers of God's people, but also... And that censer, with that censer, they could enter into the holy place. But one thing God had said, there needs to be those calls from the bronze altar, from the burned offering, as, uh, the, the, the altar of burned offering. You need to take a few calls and a little bit of incense, and then you are allowed to enter into the most holy place. Do you remember what happened, children? They thought, well, it's not so important what kind of fire we have. They took some of their own fire and they went to that holy place. And do you remember what happened to them? God struck them dead right at the spot. Why? Because God's name is holy. And God wants his holy name to be set apart. After this, Moses had to go to Aaron and talk to Aaron. Do you know what he needed to say? Listen, Leviticus 10 verse 3. Then Moses said unto Aaron, This is it that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me, and before all the people I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. When God says, I will, twice, he uses these two different words. Sanctified, which is another word for hallowed, and glorified. He says, first of all, I will be sanctified in those who come near me. Yes, especially the priests and those who bear an office. But in all of his people that come near to the Lord, God wants to be sanctified. His name must be hallowed. It must be uphold. Upheld, rather. I will be regarded as holy in those who come near to me. And also in the people, I will be glorified. They who come close to me need to be holy. And my glory needs to be spreading through these, the people, to the people. 
So when we pray this, it's not just a few words thoughtlessly, hallowed be thy name. It's not a a magic petition or so. We just make us make us feel a little better about ourselves, about circumstances when we say these words. Or when we say these words that they make us feel good about God. No. You, do you realize that even, even the devils, in a certain way, knew God's name to be holy? When Jesus walked the earth in Mark chapter 1, verse 24, the devils come uh, are possessing a man, and Jesus comes, and this man comes, comes closer to the Lord Jesus Christ, and these devils begin to cry out. And what do they cry out about the Lord Jesus, who is God and man? I know thee, who you are. Thou art the Holy One of God. Do you see that? doesn't change those devils when they say that. But they knew that God must be regarded as holy. Even the devils know that. And so what we need when we pray this prayer, this Reformation prayer, hallowed be thy name, we need something more than the devils. We need a awe of God, a fear of his holy name. So when we pray this prayer, hallowed be thy name, we understand God, the altogether different one, the holy, holy, holy one. And he must be glorified. He must be regarded as holy and his name must be glorified. That means he must be He must be esteemed highly. He must be revered. We must treasure him and him alone above anything else. So when we say this, we realize that it it must change us. It must impact us when we say that. Hallowed be thy name must reform us. Hallowed be thy name. What are we saying when we say hallowed be thy name? This is a passive verb. That means when we pray this, you and I realize that we cannot make it such. The true hallowing of God's name must come from God alone. That's why we are praying. That's why we are praying, hallowed be thy name. God must do it so that you and I can learn to hallow God's name. And the Lord Jesus puts these words in our mouth to make us understand our desperate need for God's work in our lives. It's as if we were saying, please, Lord, let thy name be hallowed. Make it happen. Because you and I realize we have no strength to do so in ourselves, in and of ourselves. Hallowed be thy name. 
thy name. The name of God is an expression of who he is. His being of himself. So children, boys and girls, if I call you by name, I say, hey Johnny, or whoever you are, and you respond, right? And you say, well, that's my name. That's me. So it is God. God gives his name to express who he is. When we use his name, God is, as, as it were, responding, that's me. And I take that very seriously. It is with the name of God. It, it tells us who he is. Here's another story. Children, do you remember what happened there around Sinai? There God's name was not hallowed. Remember the golden calf? God had said no idols, and there the people were dancing, and they had just dishonored God's name. Now what does, what does Moses do? He goes on the mountain, and he prays. He prays, Lord, please pardon our iniquities. They are great. Lord, don't destroy us. For if thou wouldst destroy us, what wilt thou do with thy great name? That's what Moses pleaded. God's name that was, that was dishonored. He pled it. He pleaded it. He was basically saying... Lord, hallowed be thy name. And God did glorify his name. God did hallow his name. Do you remember what happened afterwards in the next, next chapters? Moses asked, Lord, show me. Show me thy glory. And then God came and covered him with his hand and in the cleft of the rock. And there God came and called out his own glorious name. The Lord, the Lord, God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, that's patient. And abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. And that will by no means clear the guilty. I'm holy, and I'm full of love. That's God's glorious name. Gracious, merciful, kind, forgiving, sin, transgression. That's God's name. That's who he is. That sets him apart. Hallowed be thy name. So how do these things relate? God's name, his attributes. We heard some merciful, gracious, long-suffering. His being, his glory, sanctification of that name. God is who he is in all his glorious attributes. That's his being. 
And he shows himself who he is. How does he do that? By showing something of his name. So that you and I can know him, who he is. He gives that name to us so that we can know him. And that name should therefore be treated holy, as sanctified, as set apart, regarded as holy, treated with respect, so that his glory would spread. His glory, the weightiness of his character, of all his attributes, that it would shine brightly like the sun, and that people would see who he is. He is radiant. He is glorious. And as a result that you and I and people around us begin to praise God for who He is. Do you now see why it's a Reformation prayer? That we would be changed, but that His glory would spread all around us. Hallowed be thy name. That's why we called our first point that we may know him. Do you know him? Do you love his name? Do you fear him? Are you in awe of his glory? Do you want his glory to spread? Then you can truly pray, Hallowed be thy name. But must we not also be honest and say, how often have we lived and prayed and acted in a way which is the opposite? Not hallowed be thy name, but hallowed be my name. You see, this, this, this petition, this Reformation prayer, if I can call it like that, is Asking the Lord to reorient our hearts in a glorious way. It's asking the Lord to send us reformation, to send us revival. So that you and I are no longer thinking life is all about me, but life is all about thee, O Lord. Not my name, but thy name. Be all the glory. We all know Calvin. He said this. We never truly glory in God until we have utterly discarded our own glory. The elect are justified by the Lord in order that they may glory in Him and none else. None else. No glory for you, no glory for me. When the Lord Jesus walked the earth, he met with people who often wanted some glory for themselves. Do you remember children? They were called the Pharisees. They never had learned to say from their hearts, hallowed be thy name. Why? Well, the Lord Jesus shows in John 5 and he rebukes them for seeking the honor of men. 
In John 12, verse 34, he says about these people that they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. In other words, hallowed be my name. And when that is the case in your or my life, the Lord Jesus shows that in those chapters, in John 5 particularly, that there is no place for God's glory and for His holy name. He shows that we don't understand the love of God. I know that you have not the love of God dwelling in you, he says, when we are still full of the love of self. But when you and I become disciples of Jesus and we learn to pray, this is our desire. Hallowed be thy name, no longer my name. Have you learned it already? Do we realize the glory of God and do we want to see it spread in our lives no matter what it costs us? Hallowed be thy name. The Lord is, is jealous of his own name. Isaiah 48 tells us when the people were in exile and they were there being punished for their sins, the Lord asked the question, how should my name be polluted? I will not give my glory unto another. Do you see? The glory in his name is so close together. He will not give his glory to another. The name is the the glory of who He is, His name. Where does that leave us? Desiring for the glory of His name or seeing your sin, perhaps? And if you see your sin, what then? Well, God is going to make sure that he hallows his own name. That's the gospel. It brings us to our second thought. He does that in his works. So we are praying that God, through his glorious being, expressed in his name, would radiantly shine forth and sh so that all would see his beauty and his glory and his character and that we would regard Him as holy and praise Him alone and rejoice in Him and Him alone. In other words, soli Deo Gloria. Now where do we see his, his, his glory shine forth? Not only in His name, but also in His works. We think of creation. Children, maybe you came up to, to the house of God this morning to church and you were driving up and you look at some of the Fall colors still, breathtaking. The last few months they have been more, probably more beautiful, but still there is some, some trees there showing something of the beauty and glory of God, is it not? 
There you see God as the creator is so, such a glorious God. He puts his, his, his glory on display. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the angels in heaven call out as Isaiah found out in Isaiah 6, holy, 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 the whole earth is full of his glory. If you have eyes to see it. And Paul referred to that as well in Romans 1. He said, the invisible things, so the things that we can see, we, we understand by the things we can see, the created world, and, and when we look at the created world, in my own words, what do we see? We see God's eternal power and His Godhead. In other words, we see His almighty power on display, and we see that He is God. He created everything. He upholds everything by the word of His power. He directs everything in your and my life. Without Him, we can do nothing. We cannot even breathe. And so the whole creation, when we look around in his works, God shows his glory and everything in creation is as it were saying to us, hallowed be the name of God. It never steals any glory from God. And the sad thing is that you and I want to steal glory from God. We want some glory, some glory for ourselves, don't we? Ever since the fall. And that's why God puts his glory on display not only in creation, but he puts it on display as nowhere else in the gospel or in recreation, where he reforms us, where he changes us through the power of the gospel. Ezekiel was a prophet who prophesied in the days of the exile and the people had gone in exile because of their sins. They had profaned the name of the Lord and that's what Ezekiel had to preach and say, you have profaned the name of God. You have profaned, you have dishonored your, my name with, with, with your sins among the heathen. In other words, you have not hallowed my name. And then he proclaims the good news in chapter, chapter 36. He says there that God is going to make sure that he is going to hallow his own name. Ezekiel 36 I do, not, I do not this for your sakes, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which ye have profaned among the heathen, whither ye went. And I was, I, do you hear that? I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. Do you see that? God does everything he does for his own great and glorious name so that his name would be glorified, so that it would be sanctified in his people, 
before the eyes of everybody else to put his glory on display. And he says to you and me, when I save you, I do it only for my namesake. Not because of anything in you and me, but for my namesake, the glory of my name. And I, will promise, I promise I will do it. That chapter, Ezekiel 36, if you have opportunity to read it later, do so. And then notice one thing, the I wills in that chapter. It's full of I will, I will, I will, I will. I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you will be clean. Cleansed from all your filthiness, all your idols. That's what God promises. I will. I will give you a new heart. I put a new spirit within you. I will. That's what God does when he recreates his people. He does it for his own glory. And he does it promising that he will do it. We can do it. So how does God honor his name? How does God make sure that sinners can pray sincerely and uprightly, hallowed be thy name? Because he will do it. He will make sure of it. He gives us a new heart and a new desires. He puts his spirit in us. He does it. And he gave us a perfect Savior who every millisecond of his life held the name of his Father, honored him, revered him, treasured him, valued him. Jesus Christ is his name, a perfect Savior. And that's what we read, didn't we? We read in John 12 together, first that his soul was troubled as he was on his way to the cross. And he asked, what shall I say, Father, save me from this hour? In other words, please take me out of this. I don't want to suffer. No. Then he says, I have come for, in this hour for this very purpose. And then he prays perfectly, Father, glorify thy name. Do you hear the prayer? Father, hallowed be thy name. A voice comes from heaven. And the voice says, God's voice says, I have both glorified it and I will glorify it again. In other words, I sent you to this world. That's how I glorified my only name, my holy name, by bringing you into this world and giving you this, this perfect life to cover all the sins of my people. So that every second of our lives is covered by the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. And I will glorify it again. How do I glorify it again? The Father glorifies His own His name by, by sending Him to the cross. And I, when I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. 
That's the answer to the Greeks who came. Sir, we would see Jesus. Jesus says, I first need to be lifted up and then I will bring all the nations to myself. I will draw them so that my glory shines from, not only from, from the work I do in my people, but also that glory shines from the cross where I paid for sin. That's why we do evangelism. We pray, hallowed be thy name. And we ask, Lord, spread thy glory. Put it on display in, in, in the people who trust in Jesus Christ and his cross. Draw us closer. Help us to draw only from Christ and trust him fully. So that the glory of Christ and the glory of God would be put on display. So that wretched sinners like you and me can hide behind the righteousness of Jesus Christ, behind his sacrifice, and and know we are forgiven. And God will make sure that he hallows his own name. I trust only in Christ. Our Lord Jesus prayed that well-known prayer also in a few chapters later. John 17, we could call it the high priestly prayer, but perhaps we should call it the Lord's prayer. It's his own, very own prayer. And this prayer that we are thinking about now is perhaps better known, better called the disciples' prayer. But what does he pray there in the presence of his disciples? What does he start with? Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son might glorify thee, to give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Do you see that? I have glorified it. I will glorify it again. God will care for his own holy name. And then as we listen to that prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ, he prays for those who are given to him by the Father. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are mine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. Didn't we hear that before in Ezekiel? I will be sanctified in them. Here it is, echo. I am glorified in my people. When they trust in me, when they are drawn to the cross of Jesus Christ, when they put their trust by sovereign grace in me, I am glorified in them. And then that encouraging prayer afterwards. Neither pray I for these alone, but also for them which shall believe on me through their word. There you have the, the prayer that comes when we evangelize. Glorify thy name. God glorifies his name in creation. 
in recreation, we could say in formation and reformation. And God will also glorify himself at that glorious last day when, when his people will see him as he is and they will be admiring him and treasuring him as never before. And finally, they will be able to glorify him to their heart's desires where they will see Jesus and be transformed in his likeness. And the glory of the Lord will shine around us as never before. And we will be changed from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. We, we will be filled with the glory of God there in that place. God will get himself glory when he glorifies his people and brings them all the way to himself. But God will also glorify himself in the damnation of sinners who reject him, who resist him, who seek their own glory. There he will glorify his glorious attributes of justice and holiness and righteousness. And he will get glory to himself as well there. So I plead with you, come to the Savior. Trust in Christ. See how the work has been finished. God cares for the glory of His only name and therefore we can freely invite you to come to Jesus Christ and to embrace Him fully. It is finished. It is finished. God will make sure that the glory of His name will be cared for and He loves to care for it in saving wretched sinners and putting his glory on display so that through their lives, and that's our third thought, they begin to live for his glory. During the Reformation, these doctrines about the solas were, were reclaimed. Why? There was a church there that was saying basically, hallowed be my name. The Pope something, and the sacrament something, and Mary something, and, and, the, and the priests, and, and all that. This whole system was corrupt because they were saying, hallowed be my name. That's why we needed the Reformation then. But to what extent do you and I need a Reformation now? we see that the world is all saying, hallowed be my name. And to what extent are we drinking those things in and be changed by them? Even our governments, they, they are trying to, to, to dictate all kinds of things that are sinful and they're basically saying, not hallowed be God's name, but my name. But let's come a little closer. How many times have we used our devices or internet or computers 
maybe put a picture on there or something that you have been doing and hoping for some responses which had something in them of hallowed be my name. How often do we run to our devices and not run to prayer? Our Father, hallowed be thy name. And our devices, they they don't tell us hallowed be thy name except when it's a Bible app perhaps. Our, our, Our devices give us quick fixes immediate answers. But how much do we pray? Lord, let this be for thy glory. Help me for thy glory's sake, for thy name's sake, for Christ's sake. Because that's what we desire, that all of our lives would be lived before God, in the presence of God, and that everything we do, whatever we do, whether we therefore eat or drink or whatever we do, we do all for the glory of God, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. See, that's what God recreates in us, that we have this desire. Yes, we fall short, but that we have this desire. When He recreates us, He gives us this new heart, this new spirit that craves, Lord, glorify Thy holy name. So that we are not only glorifying God, desiring to glorify God when we come Sundays to church or we read our Bibles in the morning. I trust you do. But that we say from Monday to Saturday, Lord, hallowed be thy name. All of life lived before the face of God for the glory of God. Please, Lord, teach me to live solely Deo Gloria. And that's when, when you see sin and when I see sin in my life, that's why we are sad. Lord, this is not for thy glory. Forgive me. I desire to live solely Deo Gloria. That all of our lives, our thoughts, our words, our actions would be lived in the power of the Spirit and God's name would be honored and not blasphemed and praised that his glory would spread to others that others see something they have been with Jesus maybe you know the well known composer Bach you know how he signed every composition every musical piece children had, he wrote musical pieces. Sometimes it was a request from, from a city council because they had some celebration and he wrote a piece for that. But he often also composed church music, beautiful music, Christ-centered texts. Do you know what, he's, what he wrote? He wrote three letters, S. D G 
under every piece. He understood the Reformation doctrines. That's when he started doing that. He understood the solas. And we don't know to what extent it had influenced his heart. That's not our, ours to decide. But he understood. When I do something in the secular world, or I do something for the Lord... It needs to have only one purpose, the glory of God, S-D-G, soli Deo Gloria. And so when you and I understand the Reformation doctrines, we do the same. Not just times of worship, direct worship. We realize all of life is worship. All of life should be lived solely day of glory. All of life, just as, as Bach, we want to write upon it. S-D-G. Solely day of glory. Do you desire a reformation? We need one, don't we? Then pray, hallowed be thy name, soli Deo Gloria. Amen. Let's pray together. Hallowed be Thy name, O Lord. May we, O Lord, see something of Thy glory, more of Thy glory, taste more of Thy grace. And may we, O Lord, draw near and be transformed radically, reformed, in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds, our words, our deeds. Oh Lord, revive us and put thy name on display and let thy glory shine in such a way that sinners would be drawn to the cross of Christ. Lord, it is thy work Will thou do it here and wherever the gospel is faithfully preached? Glorify thy name through the salvation of thy children and make us faithful witnesses of thy glory. Go before us the rest of this day. May we set this day apart and May over it be written, hallowed be thy name, soli Deo Gloria. And draw close throughout this day. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.